Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Friday morning. I'm a little behind this week because of Shavuos. As I mentioned the other day, I'm also now um, doing a, uh, a a lecture series this coming week. If you're interested uh, in Baltimore, uh, it's going to be online on my YouTube channel. It's supposed to be Sunday night. It should become available. Now, 9 o'clock in the history of Yiddish. If somebody who's um, sponsoring a series on the history of Yiddish and Jewish history, Yiddish language. Um, and I just uh, recorded the first lecture of this in Old Ashkenaz. Uh, last night. But meanwhile, as I said before, it's Arab Shabbos. And as always, we're going to thank Mishpacha Stefanski. And I know it's going in order, the first uh, two uh, brachas in the Shemonestri, but there's no r- rule in this. And since the, the war going on in Israel with Gaza and all that, so the first thing came to mind is Sim Shalom. What are you talking when you say Sim Shalom? I can only tell what I do, right? or what I've done. And some ideas I've had over the years when you come to this. Here we have a very complex matter. Uh, and I'll, uh, let me just throw this out right away. You know, and I know, they just made a truce. How long is that truce going to last? And even if it lasts, you know, it's only till next time. Gaza is a, is a cancer. What's Israel going to do about it? They have no solution to this. They only manage it. You understand? It's a, it's a problem that won't go away. And the Hamas... I'm telling you things you already know. The average is only going to get uh, better. Uh, that's what they do. And they turn it more into a, a fortress and better rockets and so forth. So what does it mean, Shalom? There's a famous post in the book of Yermiel, Jeremiah. They say, uh, Shalom, Shalom, Bain Shalom. Right? He's criticizing people in his time. How's it go? Vayarpu, something on the Kala, Shevra on the Kala. Vayarpu, Shevra, Basami on the Kala, Shalom, Shalom, Bain Shalom. They try to fix the wound unsuccessfully and always say, peace, peace, there's no peace. So what does it mean, shalom? Do you mean a ceasefire? When you dive into God, do you mean you want a ceasefire? <laughs> you want a truce? You want a peace treaty? What do you want? Use the word shalom. Now, um, there's many aspects to this, obviously. But there's one I want to jump in right away and maybe come to the others later on. It always strikes me, and I noticed this years ago, you don't say Hamburg somebody throw Bashalom. You throw somebody throw Bashalom. Bashalom is a definite article. Ba in the peace. Hamburg somebody Israel, God blesses people you pray. Bashalom. Behashalom. What is Hashalom? So this is interesting. What is Pshat peace or Shalom? First of all, there's negative and positive. Um, which is not inappropriate to this time of year. Negative means like this. You're not fighting. There's <clears throat> an expression, better a cold uh, peace than a hot war, you know. But that's, uh, that's like a an inferior kind of peace. We don't like each other, but there's nothing positive there. But at least we're not fighting. We agree to that. Um, imagine a couple 
that's angry at each other, had a big fight or something like that. Now he restored the peace. They're not back together again the way they should be. They're not them in a positive way. Right? They're harmony. They fit together and all that. But they're not making wars, not arguing with each other. Every couple in the world has probably seen this. You know? Different periods. Is that what you say? That's a low level. That's something. What do I mean when I say it's time for this time of year? You and I are now in the historical period of the 40-40-40 that I've spent innumerable times. The Ten Commandments were pronounced on Shavuos. Now it's already a little bit after Shavuos. So now Moshe Rabbeinu went up into the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. As we all know, at the end of that time, he broke down the tablets, but they he smashed them because he made a golden calf. That's Shavuot Thomas. And then what happened then? The smashing of the tablets of Shavuot Thomas is followed by another 40 and another 40. 48, 40, be grand total of 3 times 40. So again, there's 40 days from Shavuot till Shavuot Thomas, but then there's another 40 days from Shavuot Thomas to Rosh Hashel, and then again, another 40 days from Rosh Hashel till, till uh, Yom Kippur. What is the middle 40 days? That seems Shalom in a, in, a, in a lower sense. Hashem's, you know the story like I know the story. Hashem said, I hate the Jews, they made a golden calf, I'm going to kill them. Moshe said, don't do that, right? Lama Yom Ragayim, Vayichal Moshe, etc., etc. Slach Nabonazeh, whatever he said. And finally, Hashem said, Slach Nikidorecha. However, Ulam Chayani, you know, but Hashem said they're all going to, you know, but I won't have nothing to do with them. I'll send a Malach or something like that. So Hashem said to Moshe, I'll make peace with you. I won't kill him, but that's it. I don't want to have a relationship with them. And that's like a couple that was fighting. And let's talk and say, I'm making this up, that the wife committed an act of um, infidelity. Okay, now what? For whatever reason, the couple got past it. In the sense, they're not going to get divorced. But, you know, the old fire is gone. And they just live together, maybe for the sake of the children, something like that, for a hundred reasons. But, as they say, he's here and she's there, and they're not really a unit anymore. That's Shalom. They're not fighting in the house. They're not throwing uh, dishes around. They're not screaming at the top of their voice. Adraba. Everything's very calm and quiet. Houses run in a model of order. But there's nothing uh, good there. You understand? For the sake of the children, in the scenario I just laid out, the husband doesn't raise his voice to the wife, vice versa. He carries out his duties. She carries out there. It's all efficient. But there's nothing, no fire there. Now, Moshe did not want that. Moshe said, I don't want Shalom. I want Shalom. I don't want Hashalom. Not Bishalom. I want Hashalom. And so he went for the third time, 40 days, which we call the month of El, culminating in Yom Kippur. What was that all about? Hashem already said, I'm not going to kill him. Moshe said, but we want more than that. They want second tablets. We want you and us to start up the spark again. Now, we, you know, we're not fooling ourselves. We're not going to pretend like the Eglah's up didn't happen. You know, it'll always be the elephant on the table, as the expression goes. But can we work on this? That's a, If they can pull it, and Hashem said yes. Now, if you can pull that off, that's a very mature couple. Right? That's a very mature couple. 
That's a couple that says, listen, we're here married for so and so many years. How long do you live? We're married for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, whatever. It's the only time we're ever going to be in this world. We can either spend the rest of our time living in a cold war in the house, which is a truce, or we can say, listen, it happened, happened, move right here. You understand? Let's try to reestablish our relationship best we can. Let's try to reestablish our love as best we can. Like I said before, we're not going to pretend it didn't happen, but that doesn't ha have to be the dominating theme in our lives. It doesn't have to be, as bad as it was, it doesn't have to be the thing that defines our relationship. It's a blip. It happened. You understand? So this, I'm just relating this to you. There's shalom, there's shalom, there's shalom. It's all kind of peace. At the least, you always want the first type of shalom. There shouldn't be a war. But you want more than that. Right? Now, when you say, Sim shalom, Elena, I'll call Yisrael Mecha, so what are you asking for? What do you have in mind? First of all, there's a famous debate that'll always be there in political philosophy. Um, what's the basic condition of mankind? Is it war with interruption interrupted by peace? Or is it peace interrupted by war? Is the normal thing war? There's normal thing peace. This goes on forever. Plato, excuse me, Plato, the Greek philosopher, famously said, only the dead have seen the end of war. So what's the shot? Wars in Mitzias. It's never going to go away. Get used to it. And just arm yourselves in between. And try to hop around as much as you can in between. Those people are lucky. We say today, they happen to live in peaceful times. But you can't expect it. That'll be little and void. So let's say you were an American. And were born, I don't know, in 1865. When the Civil War was over. You know... So till the First World War, it was a good long run of peace. 1865 to 1950. Is it 50 years? 52 years of peace. That's as good as you can expect. So the person who was lucky enough to be born in 1865 lived a life in which you will never have to go to war. By the time the war broke out, he was 50-some years old. Didn't have to go to the army. You understand? But his kids had to do World War I, World War II, etc., etc. You understand what I mean? So, in that case, you just say, look, some people are born lucky, right time and right place, happen to live in a peaceful interval. Others, Nebuch, were born in times of war, and they'd be stuck in the middle of all that junk. So, that's a point of view that says like this. The normal is war, you're lucky when you have peace. Or do you say, no, no, we should strive for a world of peace all the time. Peace and love and harmony. That's the liberal position. It's been the liberal position all oh, for 150 years now. No words at all. When I was very young, people believed still in the United Nations. Somehow or other, World War II was the last war. And things like that. Um, and the purpose of the United Nations is to build a real peace. Baloney. There's been a zillion wars ever since. And there are wars going on as we speak. If you know around the world. I can't even follow this. But somewhere in Africa and Asia and South America, this place now, there's a war going on. Always. Right? The only reason there hasn't been a major war between the major powers is because it A-bombed, you know, the nuclear. That's not... Everybody knows. Suppose America and Russia, suppose nobody had invented the atomic bomb. There would have been a war between America and Russia or China by now. You understand? That's what happens. Something that gets in your blood, even. 
historians, you know, um, like to study the psychological factors that lead to wars, even though they didn't have to. Remember that book by Barbara Tuchman, The Proud Tower? Europe, 100 years ago, whatever, ruled the world. Why would they go fight each other and destroy everything? But they did. So it's a metzius in the psychology. So part of the human being is Muhammad. And you daven to restrain that. Um, you daven to restrain it. Or do you say no? Seems like it's a natural order. There's peace. And it should be like that all the time. Now, what is the Jewish position? What's the Torah's position? The Torah's position, as far as I understand, is that, like Plato, normally is war, and peace is the exception. That's why you daven. Please, God, give me a piece of peace. Why do I say that? Because you know the prophecies in the Torah and Isaiah and elsewhere, when the Mashiach time comes, Lo Oh, so only then, right? They'll beat their swords into plowshares and all that stuff. So if you tell me something for Moshe Mashiach, you tell me it's not from pre Moshe Mashiach. Pre Moshe Mashiach, people still look for wars, right? It was theoretically the hope of the modern state of Israel they would have a peace. Nechtegetog. They saw it when they make a peace with um, Egypt and Jordan. There won't be uh, uh, Arabs when have military option. Nechtegetog. We understand. This. So now you look and you say, "Sim Shalom Tova Rocha Chem Bechaz Rach Malino Kol Yisrael Amecha." You're asking God, give us a peace. Obviously, you are thinking in two stages. A, absence of war. Not a positive peace. B, a positive peace. Me, myself and I, if I'm dominating today, in the year 2021, I look around the Middle East, and I say, Do I say, oh, oh Lord, bring about tomorrow, or in the immediate future, a grand piece of love, happiness, you know, uh, how's it go? The peace will rule the world when I was the age of Aquarius. I'm not crazy. I know what the Middle East is. Israel's not going to get that. Not in the immediate future. I don't think it's even happening in the far future. I would like to be wrong. I'm an idealistic person. But I don't see it. So what I'm saying, when I say, Sim Shalom, have my mind in peace. If Israel have a cold peace, that's good too. Instant. That's, a, that's good too. That's what we can have. And so Rabbi Shalom stopped the rockets and stopped the terrorist attacks and stopped this, that, and the other. And the Arabs will continue not like us, anyone like us. It won't be a, a beautiful piece. It'll be an ugly piece. An ugly piece is also good. We will settle for that. In the same way, a person says like this, I'll settle for Chuvami. <laughs> Obviously, you aspire to Chuvami Avam. But how about a person should refrain from doing all that various Chuvamira? If you go get through the whole week without saying a single word of Lush and Harp because it's Chuvamira, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. If you can go through the whole week and you're Mekayim Bahafterecha Kamocha out of Chuvamira, out of Yira, that's pretty good. Obviously, you'd like something more and you aspire to idealism. But when we come to Sim Shalom, I think it's a minimal, right? But not exactly, because I just told you before, the prophets of Israel predicted a glorious messianic future characterized by universal peace. That is Hashalom, as I understand it. When you pray, you want Hashalom, the final peace. 
but there's more to it than that. This is tricky. When you daven, so it depends how much of a presence God is in your life. I'm starting to sound like a preacher. But I'll tell you what I mean. The average person thinks the following. Give me peace, prosperity, money, and all that. And you know something? Then I won't have to bother you anymore. Every day I come to you, O Lord, I say, give me peace. Baruch Helena, give me money. Give me the health. Because I don't have it. Every day I can use an upgrade in money. I can use an upgrade in health. We can certainly use an upgrade in Shalom. And so we have to come like every day like a beggar to, to, to his patron and say, give me some more money. I still what gave me yesterday ran out. When I was a kid, my father told me uh, a guy went to Rothschild, uh, Schnarr, and he said, Give Morrow, you know, the first Rothschild, Anshul, Anshul Rothschild, the first millionaire. And the guy said, Give Morrow. And what does that mean? Good morning, Rabanshul. Good morning, Rabanshul. Okay, good morning. Give Morrow. What does that mean? Get Moz Rabanshul. Give me some money. Give Morrow. Get Mary Rabanshul. Give me some more. <laughs> That's the way of a, of a Schnarr. So, one way of looking at this is that um, you go to God like a schnorr. Uh, you need peace because if you don't have peace in your marriage, you don't have peace in your family, you don't have peace in Kalisro. If you don't have peace in New York City, that the, the Palestinians can jump you like they did yesterday. I saw on the internet. You know, they went to went to Forty Seventh Street. You know, show me you know nothing. Everybody knows the minimal peace is better than than the opposite. You live in these, throughout history, people are willing to um, give up freedom in order to get peace. Uh, law and order. You go to a country with law and order, if dictatorship is not fun, but at least you can walk on the street. If you don't have shalom, you can't even walk on the street. It becomes impossible. So you're asking for um, you know, basic peace. But now listen closely, I'm about to tell you. If I was your schnorr, and I went to Rothschild every day. Really, I wish I didn't have to do that. Suppose I've spent 10 years going every day to Rothschild, and he's a nice guy, and he gave me a check every day. Gave me a $100 bill, a $1,000 bill. Very nice. But what I'm really dreaming of is the day that my ticket comes in on the Powerball, and I win a couple hundred million bucks, and then I won't have to bother Rothschild anymore. I'll be putter from him. In some respects, I'll be happy. And I'll be saying, see, I don't have to borrow from you. Any. Ha, ha, ha. If I'm a nice person with a refined character, I'll write Rothschild a letter. I'll say, you know, now, thank God I don't have to bother you anymore. I just want to thank you for the last 10 years when I was down and out before I hit the jackpot that you were nice enough to give me money. Right? I'm appreciative of it. And always will be. On the other hand, a lot of people say this, come there and bud. You know, until now I had to kiss up to you and so forth. Now I don't, ha, ha, ha. What I'm trying to say is like this. The person doesn't really like Rothschild. It's just a necessity, you understand? You do what you got to do to make uh, ends meet. Now, the prayers, including Shalom, kind of have that quality, which is a little bit strange. I'll tell you what I mean. Um... You go to God, 
They say, give me this, that, and the other. If you give me this, that, and the other, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> right? Baruch I come and bug you every day. Aren't you tired of me asking for money for Shalom, for this, that, and the other? Don't you get tired of this? No, you don't. Because Hashem is... Okay, fine, that's great. But it could come a time, hopefully, when I won't have to bug you. Then you can take, then you can spend all your time on my neighbors and the other guys that need your help more than I do. Because I'm already set. Until now, I need it. Now I'm set. I got the money. That's the wrong way to be. In the Jewish religion, we believe, not simply because God is, you need his help all the time, otherwise it'll go away. You see, because you'll you'll counter and you'll say, no, Hashem is running the world every second. Therefore, you could lose the money. You could lose the health. You could lose the peace. You know what I'm saying? Take, for example, Sholem. We all know that Sholem is like a house of cards. It's easy to fall apart. And so you need the help of God every day to keep it going. So if Israel attained peace for some way or another, you'd have to still daven every day. It shouldn't fall apart because it's easy to fall apart. As it is, the peace treaties with Egypt and Syria and uh, Jordan are fragile. Trump may look like it's going to improve, but I don't know. doesn't seem that way. <sighs> doesn't seem that way. And so you say, keep it going. You know, you got to keep the shalom going. So I always have to come to God every day, ask for recharge, refill. But that's not really the right way because even if it was, now you can have an assured peace. A Jew is not supposed to say, now I don't need God and I don't want to bug him anymore. The, 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 Right way to be is the person who's always asking Hashem for stuff. So here we have the problem of mushals. You can't help but think of God as a benefactor of some sort or another. But when it comes to a benefactor, you'd like to be putter from him. In case of God, the asking is what you want. You want to live your life till you die, always asking Hashem for stuff. Not because you need it. That's what you want to do. The proper relationship is the relationship of asking, of always being connected. Here, it's not like a person. With a person, you're asking for pragmatic reasons. With Hashem, you're asking, asking is the right way to be. This is what we call dvekas. You understand? It's I'm a drago. This is dvekas. I repeat, not because, you know, necessity only. It's a chachil, not a bedievit. So if you ask for shalom, and think in a human terms, it's a bedievit. Because once you got shalom, if we'd only stay there, you wouldn't have to bother God. You won't need him. By us, the asking is the avoda. <laughs> it's funny, but that's how it goes. And to my mind, that's what it means, bashalom instead of bishalom. If you said, I'm bishalom, then it would simply mean that when you're talking about shalom in this thing, it's a regular peace. Bashalom is a higher, the peace, God's peace. God's peace comes from talking to him and maintaining a connection and constantly asking. That's the bashalom, the hashalom. 
It's the Shalom predicted in the prophets. That you don't get, except through the constant request. So, in other words, suppose the Mashiach came tomorrow, and we talk ahead to point where it's Lo'isa Goyal Goyal and world would go out of fashion. You still want to say Sim Shalom Tov because of Rachem Yisrael. Because the requesting is part of who the, the, the person is. I don't know if I'm making myself clear. This is a very important point, though. Now, when you transpose it on the realities of the Middle East, you know, <laughs> things are so bad that, you know, you don't even have to go that far. You know, we're still holding by the point that, you know, it's barely a ceasefire. And we all know the ceasefire doesn't last long. And the only, the Arabs only use the ceasefire to prepare for the next round. So when we say, oh, it seems Shalom Tov Racha, we mean don't shoot rockets on Israel, you know. Right? When we say Sim Shalom, we mean allow our, you know, our um, Israeli security guys to block the terrorist attempts to bomb something or kill somebody. If they can pull that off, which they have to do every day, we say we're holding by Shalom. But that's only because we live in such a tough world. And we have such a hard time. That we'll settle for little. You understand? The higher shalom is a, a shalom that's characterized more by this Dvekis business. And that's why we talk about Orpanecha. Oh, that's why I throw that in. You want the shine of God's face. Well, you know, what does that mean? God doesn't have a face, so he doesn't shine. Right? But you want this constant hashpon kesher, and that the shalom should constantly be going down. But I've, I want to be the one who's triggering it by always asking for it, begging for it, even. Asking and begging is not inappropriate in Judaism when you deal with God. It's not appropriate in dealing with people, it's only to be done under necessity. With God, it's not a necessity, it's a chatchila. Um, now, there's another side to this. And that is the internal peace among Kal Yisrael itself. I remember Abshitz has a whole long thing on the on the uh, Shimon Esri. Maybe one day I'll do that. One of my favorites, a famous sermon he gave. And I remember when he gets to see Shalom, he's talking about Shalom among the Jews. Doesn't even mention Shalom by the garden. It's all Shalom among the Jews. We're in a terrible place. The Jewish people are always profoundly disunified. The from world is at each other's throat, let alone the from and the not from, and let alone when it gets to Israel. It's almost like, you know the politics, like I know the politics. I don't follow it closely, but I know the basic line. Before this war broke out, the Israeli political system was dysfunctional, and they're all at each other's throats. In fact, that's probably one of the reasons why the war started. They saw Israel as a bunch of bozos, between Bibi and Bennett and this one, that and the other one. And they were even holding... They hate each other so much, they were going to bring an Arab party into the government. Can you imagine you have an Arab party in the government while this war was going on? You know what happened in Lud and these other places. You have to cut your throat. But they were willing to do it. Because we don't have Shalom among us. And that could, that's another shot in the higher Shalom of the Shalom of the Achters of the Jewish people. That, again, is a Messianic era. Right? That's Messianic era. It doesn't seem that it's destined for the Jewish people ever to have real shalom. 
We just pray for it all the time and push as much as we can. Let's put it this way. 5% is better than 4%. 10% is better than 9%. But we ain't in the, we're not holding by 70, 80% shalom among the Jewish people. I wish we were. And so a major area of the davening is the internal shalom. You know, I I've noticed things over the years. Again, all I'm doing over here is just sharing my personal opinion. None of this is empirically verifiable, but nevertheless, I'm convicted of this. I've seen over the years, it's going to sound like a sermon, I don't mean to be. I'm just sharing my opinion. I've seen over the years that the more actors you get in Israel, the more civil war break out among the Arabs. It's very funny, and vice versa. I just told you, what happened now? We got rockets and bombs all over the place. A religious person will say, why? To me, the recent unprecedented anti actors that's happened in Israel, I'm talking about politically, resulted in the Arabs getting their act together and shooting rockets and bombing us. If we would have had a bigger actors in Israel, the Arabs would not attack us. Instead, they have a civil war in Gaza between um, the Hamas and the Islamic Jihad, and they all kill each other. Sounds funny to say, but this is my opinion, my conviction. Um, I've seen it over the years, it happened many times. Right? In the whole last year, the Israeli, you know, they had four elections. These are simonim of anti shalom among the Jews, the way Abe should say. We see Bar Panech no Satlano, Torah Schein, Babas Ches, Zaka Rachmacham, Shalom. Means to bless the Jewish people that sufficient zich among the Jewish people should be shown. Now, people don't even pray for this usually. People think, I don't know what they think. You have to think of the Master Klai Yisrael itself. That's the response of every Jew. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? If we don't do it, who's going to do it? And we see that. I'm trying to... Here, let me give me an example. The Fruman and not from in Israel have a positive and negative, but there's, unfortunately, um, the 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 the, and the Chilonim has a lot of bad feelings. I mean, super bad feelings. Uh, and what you find is one blames the other without trying to find a solution. A friend of mine send me uh, after Maroon, we call Tokbaktisti. You know what that is? <laughs> in modern Hebrew, you invent new words. You, you always use PL and PL. So, Latakbek is to talk back. That's comment section in the newspaper articles. In, in art, and when you have comments on the internet, you know, at the bottom you have the comments. So, we call them comments in Israel called Tokbak. So, Latakbek. So, if you're a guy who writes, these things, you're a talkbaktist. I guess if you're a woman, you're a talkbaktista. And my goodness, oh, these people! I looked in Haaretz. He sent me from Haaretz. There was a crush that killed forty-five people. Good, kill more. The more we get rid of these cockroaches, the better it is. Same thing happened the other day. Mm, in um, Carlin Stolen, when the uh, you know. 
The benches collapsed the other day. The bleachers. Oh my goodness. Good. Kill more, more, more. We have some vicious hatred from the Chilonim. However, you and I know it's the same thing to form like that too. Right? If they would say what they want to say. If there was a talk baptism on the firm stuff, they all say, good, get rid of the Chilonim. There's a lot of hatred. Now, we also have a lot of good people. You know, the Rabbi Grossman types and all the rest of it. You try to bridge the gaps and so forth. It's very hard to bridge gaps because modernity has wrecked the Jewish actors. We just come from different perspectives. But these different perspectives get worse. And the biggest example of anti actors the lack of Sim Shalom Tobar Racha, is what we've seen this past week in the USA and elsewhere, where all these left-wing Jews are um, joining the Arabs against Israel. You read the papers, you follow the news, you see the internet. There's a zillion of these Jewish people in one form or another who are anti-Israel. I could go on and on about this from the articles I read. It's like my pornography. You, know? you read all the anti-stuff. And what's worse about it is that even the young people, you know, a, a friend of mine, I won't say a name, wrote to me the other day and says, listen, do you have any old uh, uh, videos from Israel? My kids are in college now. It's a from guy. My kids are in college now and they're getting persuaded by the Arabs. You get it? Because our kids don't know the history of Israel. Neither do your kids. We don't teach Jewish history. Certainly, modern Jewish history in a thoughtful way. And so, you could come from a Haredi family in America. If your kids are going to graduate school or something like this, especially the Arabs and other stuff in the class, they're going to end up buying the Arab narrative. You say it's not possible. This kid is from, she's a base alcohol graduate. It's not true. It's not true. Right? They don't know. You ask them, ask most people, you know, who's Ben Gurion? When was Israel started? What happened? What was there beforehand? You know, this. All they maybe know is there were fights between the the, the Haredim and the, 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 the state of Israel. Any more, any more than that. See, I don't know why we're entitled to take away the land from the Palestinians. That's how they talk. So all this is part of the non-Octus. When we're cracked open like this, the enemy succeeds. When we can somehow or other repair the cracks, the enemy doesn't succeed. I don't want to go in too long. I made my point. Maybe I'll return to this another time. But I would suggest that this week and in the near future, we have a full plan when it comes to Sim Shalom. And first you should pray, as Abe should said, that somehow or other the Jews should get their act together and have more actors among the Jews. And we should at least agree on uh, basics. Years ago, when I was young, most Jews, some were from, not from, some were Shomash, not Shomash. Everybody agreed on Israel. You see? All the not from agreed on Israel, the Hadassah ladies and all that. Tell you, on some basis. Even though he's, you know, eats treif and this and that and the other, but something. But, you know, there's dynamics. Things moved in the direction of more actors, things move in the direction of less actors. Now, for a whole bunch of reasons, especially cultural reasons, moving in direction where there's no consensus in Israel increasingly. And by the reformed and conservative, the, the, the rabbinical school students are writing letters against Israel. So basically what they're saying is, they're buying the Arab narrative and Israel should go out of business. That's what they're thinking. They're nuts. That's what they're thinking. I get it. First we have Sim Shalom 
I know it's easy to say, but on the other hand, that's what davening is. It's clear, simple truths, even though they're hard to implement. That's why you turn to God. Things that are easy to implement, you try to do yourselves. Things that are hard to implement, you turn to God. Each of us do our own bit. But I'm not the head of the Jewish people, neither you. Have this in mind. And then, you want Bashalom. You want that that actress should therefore generate, as we believe mystically it does, a Hashalom. And a Hashalom would be not only the, the lower piece, although we'll take that too, but the higher piece, which would be to be a genuine piece in the Middle East. I can't see how to be a genuine piece in the Middle East at this point. But, you know, that's what the ideals are for. This is what we mean by Or Panecha. I can't bring it out. I can't even imagine it. But Hashem can. That's Or Panecha. In the Or Panecha, you get Shalom. So you pray for the impossible because by Hashem, nothing is impossible. Uh, these are a few of the themes that I think people have in mind, in my little humble opinion. This week, in the future, as the Jewish people face very difficult times. Once again, I want to thank Mishpach and Stefanski. I want to wish everybody a good Shabbos. And with that, I bid you a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.